0: Listen to AM680 or stream us on your PC, tablet, or phone at WCBM.com.
1: The excitement is real as legal sports betting hits home with BetMGM. Take the winning shot and join the action at WCBM.com or on the WCBM mobile app. It's time to bet, play, and win with BetMGM.
0: King Classic Live starts now on Talk Radio 680, WCBM, and 99.9 FM in Hartford County.
2: All right, good morning. Happy Thursday to you. Man, oh man, you know, I really do. I hate missing days here because I love talking to all of you. I hope you had a great day yesterday. It sounds like it's a little bit nicer outside. I'll tell you what, when I got to Dallas, Texas on Tuesday, Tuesday evening, it was 76 degrees and the sun was still out. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me just soak all of this in for one second, and then I had to jump in a car and go to the... I was like, just give me one moment, please! You have no idea where I just came from. (laughs) Uh, But it's good to be back. If you're just joining us, I have to ask you, where the heck have you been? We had a great guest on today, Greg Malvo. He's running for uh, Carroll County School Board. He's a professor... And, boy, what he when he acknowledged, right, because he knows this, and many people already know this, it's not about the money when it comes to educating kids, right? It's not about the money. There's other things that go into it. But Carroll County kids, they have much better results in school, yet the per-pupil spending is only half of the spending that you hear, have here in Baltimore City per-pupil, right? So you got about 20 grand per pupil here in Baltimore City. You got about 10 grand per pupil in Carroll County. Yet Carroll County kids have better grades, better performance, and many of, uh, many of them are going off to college or even to a trade school. It's not the money. It's not the money. This Kerwin Commission, A.K.A. Blueprint for Maryland, it's 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 really just a way for them to grab a bunch of money and pay off the teachers' union, and pay off whoever else is involved in all this, right? Because then those teachers' union, what do they do? They then endorse candidates, and they donate to those candidates, and they host fundraisers for those candidates. And that's basically what they're doing, is they're then taking tax dollars and giving it right back to their campaigns, taking tax dollars and giving it right back to those that are part of the union. It's sad. It's pathetic, because a lot of times, and we talked about this, a lot of times it doesn't actually get to the teachers. It doesn't get to the classrooms, right? It doesn't get to the students, it's 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 a grimy political game. This is part of the swamp. Don't don't get it twisted. I know we talk about the swamp when it relates to what goes on in the Capitol, Washington, D.C., what have you. But trust me, all of this is connected to the swamp. And this is what I wish that we could do away with. I wanted to say really quickly here, because we'll talk about it tomorrow. This was just posted by Chris Papps today. And again, like I said, we'll talk about it because there's also a video clip. Uh, Chris Papps has a post, his post says, the Baltimore High School rapist uh, attend partisan, uh, Patterson High School largely because he wasn't placed on the sex offender registry, right? That's why this kid is in class with other kids, the one that ra- raped the three-year-old. Well, Chris Pabst now has a, tw- a video from 2020 that shows the Secretary of DJS, Vincent Giraldi, in favor of abolishing all public sex offender registries. This guy's a sick puppy, okay? I Look, <laughs> I am now convinced there's more to this than we can possibly imagine. Why would anybody, right, why would any adult want to abolish public sex offender registries? Please, why would anyone want to do that? Nobody in their right mind would want to do that. And here you have the story coming out from Chris Papps. I will, like I said, we'll talk about this tomorrow because apparently there's a video here with Vincent Tiroldi speaking on it. And so I want to make sure that we have it to play for you. Uh, I did want to also, because I said before the break, we'll talk about Joy Ann Reed apologizing. If you remember, she uh, she dropped the F-bomb when she was talking on a hot, hot mic situation. She didn't know the mic was on. She was talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden comes on in a clip uh, basically saying to everybody that it looks like we're about to go to war, right? We had the three U.S. service members killed uh, by the drone attack in Jordan. And so her mic was still on, and she thought it was off. So in that segment, she goes, starting an effing war, you know, like kind of like – you know, here we go again. She was, you know, saying that to Biden. Well, she has apologized for that, and I want you to take a listen to her apology.
3: Before we go, I just want to apologize very quickly. Uh, I was chatting during a clip that was playing, um, and you know, we try to keep this show very PG thirteen. So I just want to apologize to anyone who is listening to my behind the scenes chatter. Uh, deeply, deeply apologize for that because you know it's PG thirteen up around here. So thank you to you all for watching the readout and inside with Jen Sock.
2: All right, so Joanne Reed, they cracked the whip on her. She had to apologize for dropping the F-bomb. But if you notice there, she didn't apologize for her comment. She apologized for the F-bomb. But she didn't apologize for saying that she believed Joe Biden was starting a war. <laughs> that I thought was interesting. Because I would have thought of all things, she would apologize for that part. Right? Because MSNBC, DNC, it's pretty much the same thing. She didn't apologize for that. I, look, I... I hats off to her for that one. Hats off. Because I, I honestly, I thought she would apologize for for the Joe Biden comment. She didn't. She really didn't. And you know what? Kind of on this topic of Joe Biden, you know what I should probably do? James O'Keefe. Do I have that audio? I don't have the audio. You know what? Because I'm a terrible radio host. I didn't send it over, did I? All right. Well, James O'Keefe, I don't have to get the audio. You know what? I, you know what it was? I couldn't get the audio. Because the clip, the way it was all uh, spread out, it was like 13 minutes long. Just so you guys know, James O'Keefe uh, ended up going in disguise, and he sat down. You can find us on social media if you follow him. Uh, remember, he was the uh, he was over at Project Veritas. They got you know into it, and so now he has OMG Media, and that is now his own little media company. Uh, but he does the same thing as Project Veritas, where he kind of does these undercover videos and he gets people to speak like on a hot mic situation uh, and he gets them to admit to some of their criminal activity or their corruption. Well, James O'Keefe strikes again. Charles Krager is a cybersecurity analyst within the Biden administration. Fairly young, actually, only 36 years old. And I noted that because I was like, Oh, I didn't think so. 36 years old. Well, he thinks that he's on a date. Meanwhile, it's James O'Keefe in these funny glasses, and he has his hair dyed this blonde color, okay? So they're sitting there at the dinner table. This guy, Charles Krager, he couldn't wait to tell James O'Keefe what they have been discussing within the Biden administration. Again, this is a cybersecurity officer, okay? If anybody should know that that's James O'Keefe in glasses and, and dyed hair, it would be Charles Krager, right? <laughs> if anybody was to know, cybersecurity, you know all about Project Veritas. You would know all about James O'Keefe, right? No, apparently not. Charles Krager sits down with James O'Keefe, thinking it's some, you know, date. He starts, uh, and he meets him on Tinder, by the way. And James O'Keefe actually, he, he posted screenshots of Charles' Tinder. I thought that was interesting, too. So I'm not on any of these dating websites, but it's like the information that you have to put up there, it looked like, you you know, you basically tell them, like, what you like to do, your job title. Uh, you post a picture, uh, whether or not you're gay or straight, and all this other stuff. Well, anyways, um, he posted a screenshot of that also, showing everybody that he met him on Tinder. As a cybersecurity analyst, I can't believe you even have a a an account on Tinder. But I guess, you know, it is what it is. Well, anyways, so he tells James O'Keefe that Joe Biden is definitely losing it day by day. He tells him that everybody is very well aware of it, but he is going to, in fact, be the nominee. Now, James O'Keefe asked this guy, Charles Krager, about VP Kamala Harris. He said, is she going to end up staying on the ticket? Charles Krager confirmed and said, yes, because how would we look getting rid of a woman of color? He said, we can't do it, right? So they're kind of like in a conundrum. They put themselves in a situation where they can't actually fire these diversity hires. Because is that when little graces? I was wondering why we've had Karine Jean-Pierre for so long. I'm, <laughs> they can't get rid of her. They can't. She's black and a lesbian. She's got that job for life. No, she'll be there until she doesn't want to be there. That's wild, isn't it? Well, VP Kamala Harris, even though she was tasked to doing something about the southern border, which he failed miserably at, uh, they can't get rid of her. And so Charles Craig, he's telling James O'Keefe, he goes, she's not likable. He said, she can't even keep keep staff members. And then he goes, you should see his face. He said, she can't even keep the black staff members. (laughs) It was so funny. Because Kamala Harris, not only is she unlikable to like literally the masses, right? There are so many people within the black community that cannot stand her. They can't stand her at all. They know that she is basically pretending like she has always been down for black culture and all these other things, right? It's all pretend. Because we know for a fact that she, when she was the attorney general in California, she was locking black men up for, you know, small possession bags of marijuana and she would lock them up for a significant amount of time. And so we kind of already know how she feels about black men in general. We already know. And says so there's a lot of people in the black community that don't like her at all, James Charles Krager confirmed to James O'Keefe they can't get rid of her. James O'Keefe also asked about Michelle Obama. He asked, will Michelle Obama be running for office? Do they plan to switch out the nominee? Charles Krager confirmed, again, this is a cybersecurity analyst, that Michelle Obama's told them no. She said that she saw what her husband had to go through and she does not want to deal with it. I always thought that. I never thought that Michelle Obama wanted to run for office. I think I told you guys that. You could tell. She hated every second of it. And that I think it takes a certain kind of person. Like, I don't blame her for hating it. It takes a certain kind of person. When you're with Secret Service all day. I mean, does the White House really feel like your house? Right? The living quarters. Does it really feel like home? I doubt it. I really doubt it. Ah, wow. Well, I will say that Charles Kruger, uh he did confirm they're going to be relying heavily on social media to help the Biden and Harris administration. And, of course, as you've probably been seeing, uh, been seeing across social media, they're looking to use like Taylor Swift, they're hoping, to really push their message and their agenda, if Taylor Swift agrees. Apparently, Taylor Swift has not agreed to it yet. So we shall see. We don't know. We shall see. But I thought that was interesting uh, because James O'Keefe, he can get anybody to really talk about anything. And the fact that this guy had no idea that was James, it wasn't like he had this great disguise. It was literally James O'Keefe in glasses. (laughs) He took off the glasses at the dinner table and said, so what are you doing here with James O'Keefe? That's what James said to the guy. And the guy just looks at him and he goes, oh. I'm thinking all he had was glasses. Brian the producer, do you look that different without glasses? I wanna know. Like we'll see. No, it still looks like you. I know <laughs> Still looks like Brian. Cybersecurity. Yes, cybersecurity analyst, this guy. He's cybersecurity officer, is what they have next to his name on Tinder. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I do want to talk about uh, Baltimore County Executive uh, and how he's really still pushing this bill, 324. A lot of this is because of the mixed-use zoning. I do want to talk about that. Don't forget, Delegate Nino Mangiotti, he's going to be calling in here around 1130 to talk about uh, what he's been working on in Annapolis. We're also going to ask him about the uh, the juvenile justice reform bills that were introduced uh, by Governor Westmore and other legislators just yesterday. I have to say, that press conference was so frustrating to me. That's why it was hard for me to talk about it. They literally stood there and talked about how they were going to rectify the mistakes that they made. And then they acted like like they're glad-handing each other. They're applauding each other. They're like, yeah, yeah, you did it, yeah. And it's like literally... You put these laws in the books in the first place to get us in this juvenile crime crisis. And now, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, we did it. Right? It's almost like remembering VP Kamala Harris after the election. We did it, Joe. She calls him on the phone. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Like, it's like you literally created all of these problems that we have with juveniles across the state of Maryland. And now you're patting yourselves on the back for basically repealing some of what you put in place. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. All right, coming up next, we will be talking about, or you know what, we'll be playing a game. Who said that will be coming up next? I did want to say right now, David Trone is actually kicking Angela Alsobrooks' butt in this uh, Democrat primary for the Senate race. I, I didn't see this coming. I really didn't. Angela Alsobrooks, remember, she was uh, the former uh, attorney there in, in uh, PG County, and she is getting spanked. In the Senate race right now, David Trone has 44 percent and she's got 36 percent. And this, you know, look, there's a margin of error and then there's you're getting your butt kicked. And I think a lot of people expected her to do well because she has PG County, which is, you know, pretty dense populated area. But apparently David Trone is picking up a lot of votes in Baltimore City. And as you probably noticed, he's got ads all over TV all of the time. Angela also Brooks. I don't think I've ever seen an ad for Angela. I wonder how she's doing raising money. Now, she also has the endorsement of Mayor Brandon Scott. I said that wouldn't help her at all, and behold, I'm correct. <laughs> Imagine going to this dangerous city where kids aren't being educated, and you're getting carjacked at gunpoint just for stepping out to get some Starbucks coffee. Imagine wanting his endorsement. No, it was terrible. Remember that press conference Then she did not endorse him back right there to his face? You had somebody at Fox, Fox 45, I think it was Rebecca Pryor. She said, will you be endorsing the mayor? Angela just stood there and looked at her. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Angela Austin Brooks, uh, she is not doing well in the Senate race. It's all David Trone right now. Of course, anything can change. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've got until May is when the primaries happen. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if Angela pulls it out. If not, David Trone. I mean, talk about a long-lived political career. You know, is it because he's rich? I guess. It really is. All right, coming up next, we'll play Who Said That? We'll talk to Delegate Nino Mangiotti, and we'll talk a little bit about Bill 324.
4: I'm Bruce Elliott. Joining me in studio once again, Dr. Melissa Segev from Audiology Associates. Welcome. Thank you. As always, thanks very much for being with us. Another question on tinnitus. I know last time around we talked about tinnitus. Here's another question. Is it normal to have tinnitus? I hear a lot of people have it.
5: <laughs> they do. I don't think it's normal, but it's not always abnormal either. And what I mean by that is that if you have a reason to have it, for example, the most common cause of tinnitus is hearing loss mm-hmm. or noise exposure is number two, there are also medications we can take. So when you do come into our office and you have tinnitus, it doesn't always give alarm to us. You know, as, as audiologists, we're like, okay, you have tinnitus. Is it bothersome? Let's talk about when it started. Is it all the time, both years, one year? So we can ask a little bit of questions. And we have some questionnaires, too, that you fill out prior just so we can know how much it is bothering you. And that really kind of determines if we need to interfere with some sort of treatment option or if it's just manageable in other ways. But I wouldn't say it's normal, but it's not always a problem.
4: Well, I know a number of people who will not or cannot go to crowded restaurants because at that point, they say the tinnitus is overwhelming for them explain that to me
5: so sometimes what happens is the tinnitus for them is so loud that it interferes with speech and there's a lot of patients where the louder the noise the louder the tinnitus so the tinnitus kind of chases the noise so it's it's one of those that we just kind of manage a little bit differently and and we don't want people to ever stop living their life so for those patients treatment is really essential
4: Okay. And by treatment, you mean what?
5: Um, sometimes it's risk of uh, managed with hearing aids, and there are def- definitely a lot of different settings in the hearing aids to help different types of tinnitus. So that's where we would just talk about different options that could be best for that patient.
4: Well, particularly with today's technology yeah, and, and the way in which they can, hearing aids cannot be programmed uh, I'm just, I'm uh, stunned yeah. at the advances in that technology.
5: Exactly. And the goal is really to distract the brain from the tinnitus it's producing to listen to external sounds such as the speaker and your friends and family.
4: Audiology Associates, when silence is not golden, 410-944-3100. <laughs>
5: Forget about Macy's, Kohl's, or Target. The
0: real deal for merchandise is at the WCBM store. Go to WCBM.com, that's WCBM.com, and explore the wide range of goods that we have for our WCBM listeners, like mugshot tees, hoodies, duffel bags, and so much more. Explore our unique collection and get some of our swag. Get yours now and own a piece of the conversation at the WCBM store, WCBM.com.
6: On the next morning drive with Casey and Elliot, Vinny Shiraldi runs from Fox 45 and controversy over mixed-use development in Baltimore County. Friday morning, 6 to 9, Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All
2: right. Jolene, Jolene. You don't want me to say it's terrible. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Dolly, there's no secret there. All right, uh, the Baltimore County Councilman that is trying to fight back, his name is Todd Crandall, and uh, Bill 324, uh, this mixed-use zoning is still going strong. Now, Baltimore County Executive Johnny Oshaski did announce that he's running for Congress but he still wants to make sure that there are more affordable housing units across the county, which nobody wants. Take a listen.
0: A controversial zoning bill is still on the table in Baltimore County, despite Baltimore County Executive Johnny Olszewski's plans to run for Congress. Olszewski's mixed-use development bill looks to rezone certain aging, underutilized, or even abandoned malls and shopping centers in the county to a mix of commercial and residential loot use. Well, Fox 45's Amy Simpson is live right now in Baltimore County as some worry about an influx of apartments. Amy? Yes,
7: okay. There are a lot of feelings about this one, and some, I'm told, are so opposed to this measure uh, that one county councilman tells me he's received hundreds of emails already from people who live in outside of his district. From Security Square Mall to Lutherville Station Shopping Center, Baltimore County is bracing for a debate over what's next for certain abandoned or dilapidated commercial hubs. County Executive Johnny Olszewski backing Bill 324, calling for certain shopping centers to be rezoned to mixed use, paving the way for future redevelopment, saying it's aligned with the 2030 master plan and would still allow community input.
0: Baltimore County actually lags behind other jurisdictions in terms of having mixed-use zoning where we can have housing next to commercial uh, activities. That was
7: Olszewski speaking about the
0: proposal a week before he
7: announced plans to run for Congress. And now, though his future as chief executive of Baltimore County is not set in stone, Fox 45 News has learned the bill is still on the table. A spokesperson for the county executive saying today... As we always have, our administration remains laser focused on our work, making historic investments in our communities, providing more open and accessible government, and strengthening the quality of life for residents in every community across Baltimore County.
2: Kind of tells you why Johnny O was tapped to run for this congressional seat. He's all in on the master plan, as he put it, and that is to put more Section 8 housing across Baltimore County. Who the heck wants that? Is this the plan for illegal aliens? Because that's what I think it is at this point. It's got to be. Why isn't he rezoning where he lives over there on Miller's Island? You notice that? No, no mixed use zoning there. Ugh. Bill 324, it's got to be struck down. We'll keep our eyes on it. Uh, right now, I did want you to take a listen to this audio clip because this is for Who Said That. Take a listen.
4: A real honest confrontation with somebody in America of, uh, of a different color, which is about to come up now. To be symbolic from fiddler to officer and gentleman. It looks like God's plan.
2: All right, I need to know who said that. It is 410 WCBM 680. That's 410 922 6680. All right, you got to tell me who said that. You got to call in, speak to producer Brian. You can't text, you can't email because we got to get your information. You get bragging rights and Maryland Scratch off lottery tickets. Again, it's 410. 410- WCBM 680, that's 410-922-6680. you got to tell me who said that. Again, when it comes to Baltimore County, I don't know anybody that is asking or requesting for more Section 8. I don't know anyone. Unless they're living in the city and they want more Section 8 vouchers to be used out in the county, that's the only people that would really want to have more. And I I looked up. I was like, where was a scenario where you have mixed-use zoning, like where you've got uh, apartment units on top of stores or commercial stores? It never works out. Never. Usually it leads to more crime, uh, filthier areas. Like, I looked it up. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would we rezone any of this? You know, it's like they don't have any kind of innovative ideas. They talk about reimagining things. But as soon as retail stores aren't doing so well, are they thinking about, you know, an innovative idea to get those areas, you know, up and running or something else? No. They're like, oh, we'll just, we'll stick Section 8 housing over. <laughs> we'll just create more projects. That's what we'll do. That's the Democrat way. Again, when we come back, when we get a winner for Who Said That? 410-WCBM-680. That's 410-922-6680. And then pretty soon here we'll be joined by Delegate Nino Mangiotti. He's going to tell us what he's been working on in Annapolis. Can't wait to hear about it.
8: With SRN News, Rich Thomason. President Biden reportedly plans to issue an executive order imposing sanctions on any Israeli settlers involved in attacks on Palestinians in the West Bank the aftermath of the terror attack on Israel back in October. Legislation barring Hamas terrorists involved in the October attack on Israel from entering the U.S. has cleared the House. Not a unanimous vote, though. Two Democrat lawmakers, Cory Bush and Michigan's Rashida Tlaib, voted against the resolution. Although a new poll finds that more Americans are feeling somewhat better about the economy, it is doing nothing to boost the president's popularity, according to the APNORC survey. And President Biden visits Michigan today, aimed at shoring up support among Arab-American voters, upset about his support for Israel in the war with Hamas. Watching Wall Street, the Dow up 41 points, NASDAQ ahead 53. More details at SRN News com.
0: Hi, Jim Hunter here to remind you that you can have an amazing new kitchen at a fraction of the cost with chic cabinet refacing from John Hagee Remodeling. My wife Bonnie and I had our kitchen redone by the John Hagee team and we couldn't be happier. It looks brand new and without all the time, mess, and cost of tearing everything out. They even brought our old cabinets up to date with new drawers, rollout trays, and more. Call John Hagee for your project and you'll learn why they've won so many awards for their craftsmanship and their customer service. Right now, get half-off savings on chic cabinet refacing. Save half-off the cost of refacing either your base or wall cabinets, whichever measurement is less. Call 410-329-1002. That's 329 Or go to johnhagey.com. That's john johnhagey.com. Visit their showrooms on York Road and Hunt Valley and start planning your kitchen or bath project. Take it from me, Jim Hunter, and choose John Hagey Remodeling for your home improvements. Building excellence for over The
7: sun is shining. The winds out of the south making for a very mild first day of February. Let's hope this trend continues. 53 the high this afternoon. Clipper bringing us some showers late tonight. Tomorrow cloudy with a slight chance of a shower. 49 the high tomorrow. Weekend enjoy the sunshine. 48 Saturday, 52 Sunday. I'm meteorologist Terry Smith from the Weather Channel for Talk Radio 680 WCB.
6: Get the appliances you need right away at Lowe's. Explore the largest assortment of brands you trust in-store or online at the best values. Plus, take advantage of their everyday financing offers. Lowe's Knows Home Improvement, subject to credit approval. Do
4: you want to experience one of the world's biggest, boldest ships and cruise the tropics with me, Bruce Elliott? This October 27th, 2024, you can get on board and travel the best overall cruise ship, Symphony of the Seas. Join me for a WCBM Radio week of adventures on deck with world-class entertainment, including Broadway's favorite hairspray. Enjoy pool day bliss under the sun, gourmet dining from Italy to Wonderland, and of course, a cocktail party on board and drinks are on me. Memories will be made on the shore of Nassau, the Space Coast of Port Canaveral, and Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Cay. Come join Royal Caribbean and BTS Cruise and Tour on Symphony of the Seas for seven wonderful nights and glorious days in the warm sun. Call 410-825-9887 for questions or reservations. That's 410-825-9887. All aboard!
1: Features may vary by ship. All itineraries are subject to change without notice. Ship's registry, the Bahamas. Buckle up for the Super Bowl. It's 49ers versus Chiefs. Bet MGM is here on the action. Immerse yourself in the heart-pounding action by signing up through WCBM.com or our mobile app. Bet just $5 and watch your excitement soar. With $158 in bonus bets, the game is live. The stakes are high. Claim your bonus now and get in on the action. Bet MGM, where every bet transforms the game into an exhilarating adventure. Don't miss out. Sign up today.
7: Getting your guaranteed maximum refund with Layer feels like... Discovering a refund tree has grown in your backyard.
4: I'm the
0: refund tree.
7: Sawing off its branches.
3: Hey, hey.
7: Feeding them through a wood chipper.
3: My branches! My beautiful branches!
7: And dancing in its refund rain. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. Taxlayer. File fearlessly.
4: That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free.
1: Don't let a cold, sinus infection, or allergies ruin your day. Breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier with Navaj. Visit Navaj.com, Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, or a store near you.
9: Mark Levin,
0: weekday evenings at 7 on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
2: All right, we're going to get a winner here in a second for Who Said That. Also, we'll be joined by Delegate Nito Mangiotti in just a minute. What's going on here today on Kim Plastic Live? I love it. First day back from a, a one-day hiatus, and got a full and packed show. I like it a lot. I guess we'll go ahead and play the audio, and then we'll uh, go to the phone lines.
4: A real honest confrontation with somebody in America of, uh, of a different color, which is about to come up now to be symbolic, from fiddler to officer and gentleman. It looks like God's plan.
2: Looks like God's plan. Who said that? Uh, Art and Perry Hall, who said that? That was Louis Cossett, Jr. All right, you got it. How did you know? I thought it sounded like him, but then no when he said "officer and a gentleman," that that's what gave it away. That's what, that's what gave it away. It. All right. Well, Art, guess what? You've got bragging rights and real scratch-off lottery tickets. I just ask if you win, just tell us what you bought with, with, with your winnings, because we're many of us are living paycheck to paycheck and buying Lubiks. I will. All right. Thank you, Art. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Enjoy the somewhat warm weather. Don't forget, you can play the fun new scratch-off game, Fast Roll, with a top prize of $1,000. Reveal a 7, and you'll win the prize shown. Reveal an 11, and you'll win double the prize shown. That's what you want. You want the 11. For details, go to mdlottery.com. Please play responsibly. All right, as I told you earlier today, just a second ago, we are going to be joined by Delegate Nito Mangioni. Delegate is on the line. Delegate, good afternoon to you. How are things going in Annapolis?
10: Hey, Kim. Hope you're doing well. Things are busy in Annapolis. We actually just did an interview and we are waiting on what's called bill drafting to get our bill back. The interview and what the main purpose of my call today is to discuss what I'm titled the Student Protection Act. And for those who or frequent visitors of what Fox Baltimore WBFF is doing, um, the reporter Chris Paps, he just what he did is uncovered kind of the same story that we thought we would fixed a few years ago. What happened at Parkville High, where a convicted rapist was allowed to attend our high schools, and in Parkville High they knew about it. So this one's a little bit different. We're not sure if they knew about it or not, but here in this particular case, Kim, we had. A 15-year-old that was convicted in December, and the judge of dereliction of duty by this judge, allowed, and actually said that he has to attend school as part of his punishment. Well, he puts him back into the school, whoever he or she, the judge was, um, two weeks later. And I immediately saw this story. I was like, this is out of control. We cannot have convicted rapists. And he raped, this is horrific, it's heinous, but it was the rape of a three-year-old child. So that is Behavior and actions that we can't even fathom. But I put forth the bill right away, and the whole premise, I and mean, we have to ask ourselves, Kim, as a General Assembly and the governor, all of us together in Annapolis, are we committed to protecting our school children? Plain and simple. And let me make it very clear when I put this bill in, my concerns as a legislator are with the victims and the potential victims that come from not doing something here, and not the perpetrator, who in this case, as I said, I mean, such a heinous act, I couldn't sit back and not take action to try to prevent uh, this person from attending school, but potentially others going forward, unless we do something, from destroying other girls' lives. And if we don't pass this bill, Kim, legislators, we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to tell the family of the next victim when they're sexually assaulted because we failed to take action? So what my bill does We know this problem exists. We knew from Parkville High we should have solved it then, but now this is because it involves a juvenile. It's slightly different. The purpose of this bill is to make it the policy of the state of Maryland that a juvenile who is convicted of a sexual assault crime may not be enrolled in a public school. So if they're convicted of what would have required them to go on the sex offender registry list if they were over 18, well, then they would have to seek alternative measures of education, as we know, after COVID. For example, online learning, uh, homeschooling, et cetera. So that's what we're working on. That's a big story right now. And to the governor's credit, he came out yesterday on the report that said that he wants to do something like uh, about this. He wants to stop this. And I have confidence in him that he wants to do what is right here. And this isn't a partisan bill, and it's something we all should be able to come together, Marylanders, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, to agree on this. And just, hey, I'm a Republican. We all know that. But that doesn't mean that Governor Moore is the governor. And I need help in order to get this legislation done to protect these children.
2: Yeah, well, delegate. Get... Oh, go ahead.
10: go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm yep.
2: Delegate Nino Mangione, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. And you are very good at working or trying to figure out how to work across the aisle. Uh, I'm glad that you're bringing this forth because this is the number one topic. Uh, I was at a Miles for Liberty uh, meeting, chapter meeting, Carroll County, just last week. And this is what we talked about pretty much much of the meeting. And I just wonder, because Chris Paps kind of alluded to the fact that there could be more of these uh, offenders in other schools. And, of course, we're also talking about the illegal alien piece of this, where we've got some people in this country, we don't know who they are, we have no idea how old they are, and they are getting it to some of these schools. Do you think it would be also possible to find out some of the criminal history of these illegal aliens that are now being enrolled in some of these schools as well? Or is this something that people are talking about there in Annapolis?
10: Well, that's a good question, and you're right uh, in terms of what scares me the most as a citizen and, of course, a member of legislators. We don't know yeah. how many more potential sex offenders are in our public schools. I have to to try to do a little more research. And since we don't know, I don't think there's any way to know um, the, the illegal alien aspect, and that's a good question. Uh, it's certainly a concern. Um, and it's funny you said the moms for liberty, God bless them, because that that actually, if we have a minute, I wanted to touch base on the other story that I, um, or not story, but bill that I put forth yesterday and actually presented the bill, I shouldn't say I'm amazed by the uh, amount. I have a, a huge stack, Kim, of opposition, but my bill, it's very simple. I'm holding it here. It's two pages. It just prohibits sexually explicit material in our public elementary, middle school, schools, secondary school, uh, school libraries, media centers. It's simple. It removes books from those libraries that contain you know graphic, explicit sexual content. And it's abundantly clear that the individual content of these books, Kim, is age-inappropriate for children, should not be in our schools, and parents, they have every right to protect their children and reduce their children's exposure to this smut, I call it. And, uh, you know, this bill, it, it's very simple, what it does, as I said. The most important part of all this conversation, Kim, is there's no academic or social value at all yeah. in providing children access to these explicit books, or this con- explicit content, in these books that goes into graphic detail about sexual acts. And there's already been a number of these books. Um, Gosh, I have some of the names here. Sex is a Funny Word, Uh, All Boys Aren't Blue, Jack of Hearts, and other parts. These books have been banned in Maryland already. How they got there in the first place is the question, but they got there so they can be removed, and we need to stop it from happening. So I worked on that. That was the bill I presented yesterday, and uh, we had... From support, of course, there was a ton of opposition, and I just can't explain it.
2: Yeah. No, again, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. I do want to get your uh, reaction, uh, Delegate Mangione, to the Democrats yesterday coming forward and having a press conference with Governor Moore uh, in regards to the juvenile crime crisis. Uh, now, they are proposing solutions for the crime, and their focus was accountability. Uh, for what you heard, uh, and I'm sure you listened, Dan, uh, were you satisfied with what they're trying to accomplish? I, I don't know if I see anything really new or different, but what was your, your reaction to it?
10: So I saw a little bit. I haven't dove in as deep yet because I was working on my bill yesterday. But with that said, I mean, I'm glad that they are taking some steps, which means that the pressure has mounted. Unfortunately, it means things are getting worse. We can all agree that we know that. But it means they're listening to people like yourself who have been just honing in on this issue. It means they're listening to their constituents a little bit. It means that we were right when we said this is going to create an issue, and now we're right saying we should have never done any of the, the legislation with the juvenile justice that they passed several years ago, and we have to do something different. And now they're trying, are they going as far as I would like? Probably not. But I'm glad, for example, you know, I, I know that they're expanding the jurisdiction of, of DJS to take cases of, of children under 13 for certain offenses like car thefts. Yeah. And that's one of the bills that I was pushing. So it's basically right. saying, like, all right, Nino's right, and some of, and the other delegates that are co signed his bill are right. But, you know, we're just going to wrap it into our legislation because my bill I talked about on your show a month or two ago basically tries to say for juveniles that stealing a car is in the category of a crime of violence. Basically, it was a, a mechanism to get serious about more punishment for stealing a car since it is such a big deal. So it seems as if they took something like You know, that's something that I'm happy that they're moving in with, but Um, In terms of all the details, it just came out yesterday, and I was working our bill hearing and uh, some committee meetings, so I'm going to be diving in today on some of the more details of the juvenile crime bills that they're proposing. Of course, we have our own as the Republican caucus, and I think ours are significantly stronger, but we know we're in the super minority, so we're just going to keep pressuring them to do what we think they should do, and they're going to hopefully meet somewhere in the middle. I don't know how far. They'll come to our side, but at least they're doing something, which is a slight win.
2: Yeah, well, I looked at it, Delegate, and I thought, this is basically what you and the other Republicans put forth, but like a little bit lighter, right? So it was like like 2.0. Yeah, and I thought, okay, well, if you would have just called a special session, sat down with the Republicans that wanted to address this, a long time ago, so we could lessen the carnage on the streets of Maryland. Uh, you could have taken care of this back in August. Uh, but now yeah, they're kind of patting right. each other on the back, as acting as if these were their ideas, and that they couldn't have done this sooner. But they could have. Uh, you know, I just, you delegate, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, and I, I did see, I didn't see Senator Jill Carter at that press conference. I'm still trying to cope through the video. Uh, I did see Delegate Luke Klippinger, uh, you know, he brought a lot of that together with uh, the Juvenile Justice Reform Act. Uh, but I, I I, just wish that they would acknowledge that what they've done has created this crisis to begin with. But they won't yeah, seem to crazy. do it. Do you think that that could ever happen, Delegate?
10: Well, it doesn't help them politically, that's for sure. And you're right about the carnage, because we were on a crime crisis. I mean, and we still are. I mean, think Juvenile Health Services reported. Last year, that carjackings among juveniles increased by eighty five percent, and the handgun violations were two hundred twenty percent increase. So, yes, we said this would we we said we begged not to pass these bills, and they did. And now, you know, politically, again, they're not going to sit there and say, you know, Republicans were right, we were wrong. But it is the fact of the matter is we're moving in the right direction. We hope we can continue, and the pressure of the the public, of media. And the Republicans can push them in the right direction, but and we know we can only get so far. But we have to take what we can get, and this is uh, you know at least a step in the right direction.
2: Valginito you know, Mangioni, I thank you for your time. Before you go, is there any way that we, the public, can help you with uh, some of the bills and legislation that you're working on?
10: Actually, you know what? I will reach back out to you. I have a bill, and uh, I'll probably post it on social media. Where I would love for. People to write in testimony. My Taxpayer Protection Act was probably the best one. If people want to write in, that'd be perfect, or or even testify in person.
3: That's
2: awesome. All right, thank you, Delegate. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, That is Delegate Nino Mangiotti. It's interesting. He said, you know, Republicans were begging for for Democrats not to pass those bills. There's a a, a comment here from Steve, and this is on Fox 45's website. Uh, I don't think it's hung up all the way there, Brian, you can press it. I don't think – yeah, so it's on the website. And so in the comment section, it says uh, the Republicans said when the first bill was passed that the crime would get worse, and they were correct. So it's time to get the Democrats out of office for how long it takes them to correct their big mistakes, and they won't say they were wrong. So, Steve, there, again, that's a comment on Fox 45. That is correct. You heard Delegate Nando Maggiore say that. Republicans were begging. Don't ever forget this. Don't ever forget this. Whether it was Senator Justin Reedy, whether it was Delegate uh, Ryan Araki, Delegate Kathy Shalake, all of them, all of them, okay, all of them, they were begging Democrats to not pass the Juvenile Justice Reform Act and the Child Interrogation Act. They said that to them, to the Democrats, it's going to make things worse. It did just that. This like You don't need any more proof at this point that you need more Republicans in Annapolis versus Democrats. It's right there in your face. If you're still voting Democrat, you really have to explain to me why. And I'm not saying that you just switch your party. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Right? I think you could remain a Democrat and reel your party back in. These progressive Democrats have taken the Democrat party off of a cliff, and it is a nightmare for all involved. There was once a time where we could work together and we could all make sure that we had good public education, public safety, and basic government functions. We used to be able to do that together. Now you've got this crazy left wing that has completely thrown common sense out the window, and they're saying, you know what? We don't need pro- parole and probation. We don't need to lock up violent juveniles. We don't need get that mess that little progressive ring, get it out of your party. It's ruining your party. It's ruining the country. How can you not see this by now? Even on Capitol Hill. Speaking of which, do we have that? Uh, we do. We have that clip. This is Ayanna Presley on the 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 Capitol floor just yesterday. Take a listen to what she had to say about Walgreens and
3: theft. Mr. Speaker, Walgreens is planning to close yet another pharmacy in the Massachusetts Seventh, this time on Warren Street in Roxbury, a community that is eighty-five percent black and Latino. This closure is a part of a larger trend of abandoning low-income communities like the previous closures in Mattapan and Hyde Park, both in the Massachusetts Seventh. When a Walgreens leaves a neighborhood, they disrupt the entire community and they take them and they take with them baby formula, diapers, asthma inhalers, life saving medications and, of course, jobs. These closures are not arbitrary, and they are not innocent. They are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination. That is why I joined with Senator Markey and Warren to demand answers from Walgreens' CEO. Why was there no community input, no adequate notice to customers, and no transition resources to prevent gaps in health care? Shame on you, Walgreens. Having a website with talking points about health equity and underserved communities is not Enough. Walgreens is a multi-billion dollar corporation that needs to put their money where their mouth is and stop General, divesting time from black and brown communities.
2: I used to think AOC was the dumbest person we have on Capitol Hill. It's Ayanna Pressley. Okay, that's who it is. We come back, we'll discuss that. Apparently she thinks Walgreens is running some kind of charity. Buckle up for the Super Bowl. It's 49ers versus Chiefs. Bet MGM is here on the action. Immerse yourself in the heart-pounding action by signing up through wcbm.com or our mobile app. Bet just $5 and watch your excitement soar with $158 in bonus bets. The game is live. The stakes are high. Claim your bonus now and get in on the action. Bet MGM, where every bet transforms a game into exhilarating adventure. Don't miss out. Sign up today.
9: It's obvious. The unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply. Order by 3 p.m. and your item shipped that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com.
1: Get the appliances you need right away at Lowe's. Explore the largest assortment of brands you trust in-store or online at the best values. Plus, take advantage of their everyday financing offers. Lowe's Knows Home Improvement. Subject, to
0: credit approval. Join Gil Cuda live every Thursday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for On the Money. Gil will take your calls on how to live a worry-free retirement with a rebroadcast Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. until 10. It's On the Money on WCBM. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Thursday on the show, the United Nations is literally funding the invasion of our southern border. Time to make the U.N. building into condos. And Portland Democrats say you can smoke crack in public, but don't dare light up a cigarette or vape in public. Yeah, noon to 3 on WCBM. WCBM.
2: All right, for the break, we heard from Ayanna Presley. She's a congresswoman from Massachusetts. And uh, she doesn't know why Walgreens would pack up and leave after they have products flying off the shelves. Not because people are purchasing the products, because they're stealing them. (laughs) They're stealing them right out of the store. And she says, how dare Walgreens protect their products? How dare they pack up and leave if they're losing all this money? It's darn... Right, racist for them to do so. Ayanna Presley obviously has no idea how to run a business. She has no idea how this works, and she feels as though that Walgreens should not be able to leave some of these areas, even though all this theft occurs, because she doesn't think it's right. <laughs> like I said, I thought AOC was the uh, the one with the lowest IQ on Capitol Hill. It's not. It's Ayanna Presley. She sat. She stood there. She said that as if it made sense. She was yelling, right, Mister Speaker? Walgreens shouldn't be able to leave. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't even know they handle stuff like that uh, on Capitol Hill. Isn't that usually like a local city council issue? I I don't think she really knows her job description, anyways. To be honest with you, so I did want to tell you really quickly as uh, we were talking to the Delegate Nino Mangiotti. Uh, some of the, uh, the comprehensive bills that the Democrats brought forth yesterday while they were at that press conference with Governor Moore. Real quick, one was requiring police to provide written documentation of youth taken into custody. Another was shortening the deadline for Department of Juvenile Services intake decisions. Uh, another one was strengthening staff within DJS's ACO monitoring unit. And another was increasing probation limits for youth offenders. Now, it also, as uh, Delegate Nino Mangione pointed out, it also is allowing children under the age of 13 to be charged with certain violent crimes currently blocked under the controversial reform laws. And I will say, Sergeant Boatwright... Uh, You know, he was able to speak on it, says with the Child Interrogation Act. And this is the one I think that our state's attorney, Ivan Bates, hates so much because they can't actually question anybody uh, that is a minor without the lawyer present. And the lawyer decides what they can respond with over even the parents. Uh, But Sergeant Boatwright uh, made a great comment. And he said, you know, it, it really is crazy because if they're talking about getting some of these juveniles around services, he said, if we can't talk to them, we don't even know what kind of services they need. He said, you, well, you just send them on their way. So he says, so a lot of these kids, not only are not, they're not being detained, they're not getting wraparound services because we can't conversate with them. What a bunch of idiots, right, in Annapolis. Oh, my gosh. If you were one of the Democrats that came up with the Child Interrogation Act or the Juvenile Justice Reform Act, just hang it up. Resign today. Resign. I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous what they put in place. And it is. It's carnage that happened on the streets across the state of Maryland, not just in Baltimore City. Think about how many people lost their lives, these juveniles acting so crazy, robbing people at gunpoint, knife point. I mean, it's like craziness. And it's all because Democrats wanted to, you know, as they called it, modernize the system. They didn't modernize the system. They made it worse. Very sad indeed. Very sad. I also wanted to just point out, unfortunately, there's a four-year-old right now in critical condition uh, because of a hit and run. A 17-year-old was the one behind the wheel. They were able to catch up with that 17-year-old. But we don't know if charges were ever... uh, uh, apply to the 17-year-old because, of course, they're a juvenile, and the info is not disclosed But a 4-year-old is now in critical condition. Uh, please send your prayers. All right, I will be back tomorrow. We have lots to discuss. Obviously, there's a ton going on in Annapolis. There's lots going on in Capitol Hill. We'll see if they get any further with protecting our southern border. I doubt that they will, but hopefully we will get there. Uh, Brian, as always, thank you for a great show. Hopefully tomorrow will sound a little bit better, right? Not so stuffy. We'll see. We'll see. I'll talk to all of you tomorrow at 9 a.m.
6: Hi, this is Sean Casey. If you're embarrassed to smile or aren't able to eat the foods you enjoy due to loose, broken, or missing teeth, you should call Dr. Ari Moskowitz and his team at Baltimore Periodontics right away to schedule a free 30-minute implant consultation. Even if you've hated going to the dentist your whole life, you'll love Dr. Ari Moskowitz and his team. They're the most talented, compassionate, and caring people you could ask for. And they use sedation techniques to make sure that you're completely relaxed and comfortable during treatment. If you want to have that beautiful smile and healthy mouth that you deserve, they are the experts. They're in network with a number of medical insurance companies for that life-changing full-arch Teeth Express Teeth-in-a-Day Implant Treatment helping to save you thousands of dollars. Call Dr. Ari Moskowitz and his expert team at Baltimore Periodontics, 410-744-6088. That's 410-744-6088. And get started on the road to better health and a happier smile. WCDM
0: Baltimore is talk radio 680 AM and 99.9 FM in Hartford County. Baltimore is listening.